0: Blog Talk Radio, <laughs> the Doctor Trevisha Hel- Williams Show. Hello, everyone. It's Doctor Trevisha Williams. Welcome to the show. It is time for yet another conversation, tips, and uh, information about today's personal, family, and work life realities. When Simone Biles gracefully bowed out of the Olympic Olympics. She did what most women should do more often, and that is she put her her well-being first. During this episode of Strong Lives, I will address the growing problem of highly successful women and busy moms who unintentionally neglect themselves. It's a timely reminder since September is National Month for Self-Care Awareness. When women have an unhealthy balance of self, family, work, and life roles, overbearing responsibilities can lead to self-neglect. Giving other people and things higher priority over self-care can also overly task all of the relationships in your life, including the parent child relationship. I did a Max Out series uh, a few years ago uh, based on a celebrity who uh, took herself out because of her relationship with her daughter and she felt neglected, she felt unloved, she felt um, unappreciated. And so you know, self-care is so crucial because it does affect every single relationship in your life. Um, and so it's another thing that I address during my I love you but I can't stand you right now uh, seminars and master classes that I do first uh, to help build the stronger relationships between mothers and daughters. But today I'm going to share way feelings of being uh, overwhelmed. As well as uh, you know those feelings that you when you, the feelings of being imbalanced and how to make self care a daily habit. I also have a special guest, Toy- will and how it inspires the work that she does today uh, with women. So again, today uh, uh, this month is uh, September is. National Month for Self-Care Awareness. But what, you may be asking yourself, the dictionary defines it as the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's well-being and happiness, In in particular during periods of stress. However, I think that I like the World Health Organization's definition just as well. They define self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote self-health, prevent disease, uh, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a health care provider. As the demands on your work and non-work energy and resilience decreases, And you run the risk of maxing yourself out, or as many people term it, burnout, which is a critical state of being out of sync with one or even multiple areas of your life. And the consequences are loss of energy, excitement about life, and self-neglect. So here are three tips. Three keys to practice, ways to practice self-care every single day and make it a habit. Number one, recognize your personal signs of stress and burnout. If you are feeling a, 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 an extraordinary sense of failure and you're always doubting yourself, uh, that, that's a sign of being stressed out, burned out, and, and lack of self-care. Uh, another, another sign I'm going to list, at least five, there are so many, uh, at least five signs of you, uh, yeah, personal signs that you should look for, uh, for being stressed out or burned out. Uh, you feel stuck. You feel a sense of helplessness. Um, you feel defeated many times. Another, another point is you may even feel isolated. You lack motivation to pursue new goals and to do new things. Uh, And then you also could have a growing problem of of just being negative and and, and, uh, diminishing hope. All of those are signs of stress and burnout and self-neglect. And so it's important to take time out. Number two, uh, take care of yourself first. Prioritize doing for
1: others.
0: Keep in mind that what you do should never be based on a desire for approval. Being a people pleaser is one of the fastest ways to sabotage a self-care regime or, or regimen. This one is so significant until I'm gonna spend a little more time on it. This third key stand your personal ground. Say no and mean it, I tell moms this all the time with my I love you, but I can't send you right now seminar. Do you ever get asked to do something and want to say no but say yes instead? Do you ask yourself, why did I do that to myself again? Answer to your question, why? You said yes against your inner self, no, is a really big deal. That inner no, the real answer, to the person's request, is your personal protection, both uh, of spiritually, mentally, and physically, that, that you've overwritten. Uh, saying no means respecting your personal needs and protecting your well-being. So your why is really, really important. Your why you're saying yes is really important. The person's request represents something that you do not want or even might not even need. It does not make you a selfish person to say no. Rather, it means and it makes you the guardian of personal resources, including time, money, and energy. Hands down, saying no is a way to practice self-care every day because what you are really saying is there's a conflict here. What I need or what I desire for me at this time is not congruent with what I'm being asked to do. So say no and do it guilt-free. It is another way to exercise self-care, and it protects your right to guard your personal resources. So speaking of standing your ground. And self-care, my special guest, Toy Penny, has done that and more, and is here today to share her trial-to-triumph story and how it inspires the work that she does today. She's a Christ-believer, author, and the creator of a method that helps women get more out of life. All of what she does today was inspired by her personal story of winning against the odds of loss, being a teen mother, and freeing herself from a tumultuous relationship. Toy,
1: welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely.
1: Ken, you know, you did what many women
0: Uh, struggle to do. Take us back to the 16-year-old version of yourself and walk us through how you became the version of toy, Penny, that you are today.
1: Sure. Um, It was actually way before 16. It was, um, for me, it was, um, I I would say, five years old. Um, for myself, um, my mother was suffering with lupus, and um, I went from home to home. Basically, um, I went from my mother's home to my godparents' home, back and forth. And um, I knew that she was sick, but I didn't. I didn't know, um, you know, how how bad it was. And so um, I would cook meals for her. I remember um, being six and seven years old, being able to um, walk across the street to the grocery store and write checks to buy groceries. Like she taught me how to write checks. And I would buy groceries for the house. And then I would come home and I would cook meals like we would invite people over. And I remember the whole shake and bake chicken uh, and the tang um, orange drink back in the uh, late 80s. And so um, it it started there. And from the age of about nine years old, she passed away of lupus. And um, at the time I was supposedly spending the night with my uncle and I didn't know that I was going to end up living there, but they told me that she was sick, and then the next day they told me that she had passed away. So I'd had no really no no closure with her. I had I didn't see her or anything like that. Didn't get to visit her in the hospital. Um, after right after that, all I know is I was at the funeral at nine years old, mourning uh, the, the death of my mother. And so um, from there, I, you know, began to live life, and um, I didn't know my father either until I was about, what, 18 years old? And so I didn't, I I had no idea who the the man was or or whatever until I, about 16, where I decided that I wanted to, you know, go search for my father. Um, But I ended up finding my father about 18. And uh, at the age of 13, I got my first job, and uh, it was a relative uh, who hired me and um, ended up being sexually abused by my boss. And I really pride myself in that work. Um, You know, that was my escape to, you know, leaving, you know, with my mom passing away and just all of that stuff. But that was something that I really looked forward to. And I got sexually abused um, at 13. So this sort of opened up the doorway for sex and you know, and all of that stuff for me as a teenager, and uh, of course with my mom gone, and and then my dad not being present, um, there was a, there was voids there was a void in my life and i began to search for you know love in all the wrong places and so um by the time i was 16 i ended up pregnant i was uh 16 and pregnant so i was a teen mom i was um i I gave birth to her one week into my 17th birthday and i remember giving birth to her saying you know it's just me and you and um From there, it's like something just lifted out of me and just took off. So I graduated high school. My daughter was about one years old. And I walked across stage, and I remember waving at her in the audience, and I was crying and everything. And so I went off immediately to massage therapy school, where I got hired when I got done, when I got finished with the school. I got hired at this high-end luxury (laughs) day spa. And I was working there for about two and a half years, when the owner came to me and asked me if I wanted to buy the place. So by this time, y'all, I was about 19 years old, and, um, uh, when I started working there, I was about 19, So, but I was about 22 years old, and this lady asked me if I wanted to buy the place, and I just knew this was my ticket out, you know. And, and I was doing fairly well. You know, I had my, you know, a nice apartment, a brand-new ride, but it still wasn't like an entrepreneur. And so, of course, I said yes, and what I did was I bartered services with a couple of clients who were attorneys. They represented me in the sale of the business, and the next thing you know, I am 23 years old, and the owner and CEO of a high-end luxury day spa with 15 employees and raising my daughter, you know, a single mom. I mean, it was absolutely amazing um, financially. Uh, we traveled the world. We wanted it for nothing. I built my first home from the ground up, two-story homes from the ground up at the age of 24. My daughter got to experience that. We, we experienced the whole sale sign in the yard and going and videoing every day. I mean, I got to experience all of this at a young age. And, I mean, it was very financially rewarding. But uh, here's where the downfall happened for me. I began to develop this facade of I have it all together in my career And simultaneously, things were falling apart on the back end. Things like my relationships were falling apart. I had no time to spend with my daughter. All of my energy and effort was um, into this business. My mental load was all over the place. We started eating out every single day. And, you know, I was just really stressed, just no time for anything, And so I knew that this wasn't the way I was supposed to be living. Of course, you know, the money was good. So, you know, if someone came to me, I was just like, you know, hey, you know, the car looking good, the house looking good. And, you know, and I was young, the daughter's dressed, and she got the best of things. And so... um, I mean, that's basically what happened. And so I just really realized, okay, something has got to give. One day I came home from work, I had four slices of a cold pizza. I fed her a chili cheese dog and I realized, you know, no, I can't do this anymore. So I looked online, found this school, this like it was like a nutrition slash lifestyle school. And what I learned was your lifestyle was directly tied to your food choices and I was like, hmm. So I started putting two and two together, and all of those childhood boys that I had had in my, you know, in my early childhood, they had started manifesting through my actions as, you know, a CEO, as a mom, as an individual, um, and, you know, just as a leader in general. And so I was just, I, I was really shocked. And so I, I, had, I hadn't dealt with those, those issues. It was sort of like take off and go, take off. Mom died, take off and go. You didn't know your dad, take off and go. Um, Sexual abuse, keep going. Being a teen mom, keep going. So all of those things, you know, started to manifest. And so long story short, I know it's been a long story, but long story short. Yeah, well, it um,
0: takes time to lay that story out and help people understand it
1: so they can wrap their heads around
0: how you became toy penny you are today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I said that I wanted to set my life up for being, you know, have more kids and get married. And, you know, I was really focused on this business. This was my identity. It was my business. And um, not so much my daughter. It was, it was this business because I knew that this is where the wealth was coming from. This is where the money was coming from. And so, you know, this is where I was pouring all of my energy and my effort. And so anyway I attracted this young man from the US Virgin Islands of Saint Thomas and we started talking and dating and he took me there for my um for my birthday and we had this wonderful time and on the plane ride back God whispered in my ear and instructed me to sell my business. And I thought that was very odd and I was like, Okay, sell the business. Um you know, God, are you serious? Sell the business. Um and so I said, okay. I'm a, I, I told everybody in the family, and they and they just looked at me like I was crazy. They was, everybody thought I was crazy. So anyway, I stepped out on faith. I sold the business. I found a broker. He found this lovely husband and wife couple. And the next thing you know, y'all, I'm signing on the dotted line. Cash is in my bank account, and I'm out the door. So this is when I start ToyPenny.com. I immediately get married to the young man from the U.S. Virgin Islands of St. Thomas, We have another baby girl and another baby girl. So this time I am running ToyPenny.com. I have clients. Um, I'm a newlywed. I'm pregnant with one baby girl. I'm breastfeeding another baby girl. And I have a 13-year-old daughter on my hands, and she begins to act like the real teenager. Now, one of the reasons that I did sell the business, um, that I thought it was a great idea to sell the business, because I knew that 13 was a crucial age for, um, for kids. And so I knew that we was going into those 13 year, um, the, the 13 year old age. And I knew that I needed to be there for my daughter and this would free up my time. And so, you know, she did started acting out and all of this thing, all of this stuff. And so I was, I began to feel really stressed, overwhelmed. I was snapping at her. I remember snapping, not really out of yeah. love, yes. uh, more out of that.
0: that. That that thirteen that
1: that uh, really
0: eleven twelve thirteen to eighteen is the stage I call the I love you but I can't stand you right now stage and yes every yes, mother who girl. has a queen or teen
1: daughter can relate. <laughs> yes, that age there and and I and I had learned through parenting her it, it wasn't until actually until she got about sixteen or seventeen that. It, it, you know, it all begins with me, my reactions to how she was acting out, you know, and right. she was acting out for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I knew yeah. that my reactions, whether it was me snapping or, you know, whatever, it, it was all on me. So once I shared love and, and gave her love, you know, she would respond back with love. And I remember, I'm going to be real with you, I'm going to be real with you, I remember one particular time, um, she was acting out, and um, I forgot what she did, but she was acting out, and I was yelling at her. I, I was yelling. She was against the wall, but I was yelling. And then I said, um, <clears throat> I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, in the name of Jesus. And I, I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And she got so quiet, and she just mm. looked at me, you know, whatever, and she turned around and just walked out the room like it got quiet there was no more Mm -hmm. animosity there was no more nothing she just turned around and walked out of the room so i Mm. knew at that moment when i called on the name of jesus that it would it it (laughs) disappeared but i knew that it started with me it all started with me because i was acting out you know because she was acting but i was acting out in the wrong way
0: so, yeah, I y'all, people, I was I
1: like, oh, toy, so okay. toy, toy. I tell people all the time,
0: there is a spiritual dimension to every problem. So your calling on mm-hmm. Jesus was that spiritual that you brought that in to the problem, started getting a mm-hmm. sense of direction.
1: Exactly, yes. exactly. And so I had already, you know, I had always kept her in church, but, you know, I was a young woman. So I was still coming into my own as well, you know, I was Absolutely. still a babe in Christ yes. and just all that stuff, you know. So I was scared. I was sorta of scared to call on the you know, I was raised by my grandmother 'cause I moved my I moved with my oh, grandmother yeah. at thirteen but <laughs> I was sorta of scared to do it out loud. You know. And yes. I you know, I was just but at that moment it was to the point where I knew that I couldn't do anything not. else. And I had to call I had to call on him out loud. And y'all yes. when I tell y'all it was just like she got quiet, she looked at me and she walked out of just quietly walked out of the room. And yeah. I mean, it was I, I still remember that day and I was just like I was just like wow, you know, I mean chills. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so yeah. No. And so, uh oh, go ahead. No, I was just about to ask. So so what happens after that? She she didn't she did uh she didn't say anything I mean, after know. that. I think well, how did you transition from that phase? I mean, you, so you started toy 20. Oh, and oh okay. And, yes, and you, yes, you yes. so that
0: helps you gain leverage and
1: control at home, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Uh, and and then, say. yeah, and then I went down, and like I said, I, I remember, you know, I'm breastfeeding, I'm pregnant, this child's acting out, I'm doing all this, running clients, and I was like, okay, I, I can't do this, and I can't, I can't, continue to act this way and so I went and I had another talk with the good Lord and I said how do I maintain myself yet maintain everyone else around me and the word that he gave me was when you are whole and complete within yourself everything else falls into place right and every time I say that it just gives me chills because I could hear his voice so clear and and i began to develop this method this is when the light bulb went off for me and i began to develop this method for all it, it, the madness <laughs> for you know <laughs> yes for all the madness and and i truly believe that you must pour into yourself at all times. all the and time. it's yeah. not all the time and it's ever evolving because you're ever evolving And for me, it is not for you. It's for them. But it, it, because God is using you to get to them. Absolutely. So this is the reason, yeah, this is the reason why you're the vessel. You're the vessel. And so you need to be whole and complete so that you can model this for generations to come. So this is where the idea comes from. It's, To me, it's beyond self-care. This is beyond self-care. This is true work. Yes. This is true work on yourself so that you can model this behavior for generations to come. So basically here is my –
0: It is also for you so that you can continue to do the work that is at hand for you to do. So you can continue to fulfill your purpose because if you are not whole then you cannot help anybody else be whole and you cannot serve Correct. anybody else so Correct. it is it's important for both both you and the and the people that you have been sent here to serve um, and to, right. to leave a legacy absolutely
1: yes yeah, so we are here we are put here to serve others and so yes we we must you know like i said we must do this for ourselves for them as well. Um, exactly. and so, yeah, so this is basically my uh, my approach that I have put together, and I call it the Love You More Method. And it's a well-being program, um, and, and so, like I said, it is ever-evolving because you're ever-evolving. So I broke your well-being sure. down into two parts, and it's your primary um, well-being and your secondary well-being. Now, your primary well-being nourishes you, Um, and and it it consists of seven different elements. So your primary well-being are things like your mental and emotional peace, a meaningful spiritual practice, relationships that nurture your soul, never-ending self-investment, quality sleep, empowering physical activities, and a thriving career. Your secondary well-being are the foods that you actually eat and put in your mouth. So, um, if you are over indulging on your primary well being, then you indulge less on your secondary well being, and vice versa. So that is basically is so how I came. Yes, that is how I came up with um, the Love You More method, and I guide my clients through all eight of these elements because you need all of these to um, sure. to continue to serve into yourself, pour into yourself, so that you can continue. serve others and so some some nights some nights you may you know we we all are human so you're you're, it's not being perfect but it's it's recognizing you know where i have fell short so that i can you know know, and and if it's your mental every day exactly exactly and if it's your mental and emotional peace then you know we need to fix that and maybe last night you didn't have that much sleep and now we need to you know work on that or whatever it is um it's ever evolving because you're always ever evolving so that is my story and thank you so much for listening
0: oh i loved it it was so beautiful and i love the way you came out on the other side so powerful so so powerful um and so it is you're doing what you were born to do. I talk about that all the time as well. Are you wearing the shoes that you were born to wear? Are you fulfilling your purpose? And you are doing just that toy. So you've got something coming up um, here in a few days.
1: you want to tell the listening audience about that? Oh, sure. Um, So I offer these Love You More Method uh, mini dinner retreats. And I'm actually having um, one in person. I'm offering one. This is the first time in person. And so it's going to be an intimate dinner of eight women. I'm in, in inviting about eight women. And uh, they, they're they going to get a copy of my book. They're going to get a luxury box. They're going to get a dinner. Um, that I have a celebrity speaker. It's just going to be very um, luxurious. And we're actually going to go through um, the elements of the Love You More method. And so um, – I am truly excited. That's coming up here on the 28th of September. My birthday is uh, next week on the 21st of September. So um, I'm going to um, go out in September with a bang, with, with um, National Self-Care Awareness Month, with this dinner. So I am super excited about the dinner. Oh, yes, I'm sure it's Lee. And the women yeah. are
0: going to walk away, feeling fulfilled. Well, thank you so much for being on the Strong Life Show today, Toy. It's been a joy. Um, hopefully we can have you back at another time to talk about another slice um, of the Love You More method. But in the meantime, we, <laughs> I do wish you all the success in the world and happy birthday in advance. And, uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, people, that is uh, the self-care, National Self-Care Awareness Month uh, message, you know, love yourself more. You heard it from Toy, uh, yourself, and uh, it is, you know, something you want to include in your life every single day. Loving yourself, taking care of yourself, is the best expression of self-love there is. Uh, there are opportunities throughout the day to be intentional about exercising self-care, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just loving yourself enough to do that. Thank social media, using at Dr. Trevesha or um, some variation of that. I'm probably one of the only um, Dr. Treveshas there is. Um, Again, thanks so much again for listening, and until next time, goodbye, everybody.